Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Economic Street Podcast. I'm your host, Alaulu. And it's your boy, Nicholas. And we are back with another episode today, talking all things running a small business during a pandemic year and looking ahead to 2021. Now, on today's show, we're going to be having a special guest, someone that I know personally, we go back well over 14 years. Uh, she's an accountant by profession. She works in the city of London. And uh, yeah, she's going to just be offering a lot of her experience and insight into how she's helped small businesses sort of navigate uh, this pandemic period and just really giving us her top tips for kind of just surviving and growing our businesses looking ahead into 2021. So without further ado, let's jump into it. And uh, we're just going to let her in. So, OP, welcome, 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 welcome. Good to have you. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're very well. We're very well. It's been a long time. Uh, yes. <laughs> feels like it has been a long time, but also feels short because this 2020 has just gone really quickly. Um, it's mm. been fast. So, um, but yeah, it's good to see you. You're looking well. Um, thank you. It's good to see you guys as well. Yeah. You too. And thank you for being on the show today. So, today's show for all our listeners is uh, mm-hmm. is called Managing a Small Business um, mm-hmm. in 2020 and or in a pandemic. <laughs> I should say. <laughs> yeah. I know things have been very challenging this year given mm-hmm. what has mm-hmm. happened and what continues mm-hmm. to unfold. So, we just wanted to sort of give you guys something different. Mm-hmm. Sort of sink your teeth into and um <laughs> before we jump into it just going to ask opie to just uh tell us a little bit more about herself and uh give you guys a bit about her background hi guys so um my name is ope as um Ola said i'm a chartered accountant and i currently work for a retail brand but i also run a practice an accountancy practice with my husband who's also an accountant and um I know Nick and Olu, um, Olaolu from, um, from university, actually. We, we all went to Kent University. And yeah, 10 years on, 11 years on, actually. We're still very happy. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I was, I, I was saying earlier that um, we all started, what, 2006? So that's 14 years. Graduated 14 years. Years. Crazy and yeah, you've you've not even seen uh you've not seen Nick since then. So um yeah, this is pretty much uh, uh as well. It's not high school re- reunion, but yeah. It's <laughs> good to see you guys. I feel like that. Me too. Lovely, lovely, lovely. So, as we said, today is all about small business. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you just tell us a little bit about what you do, your work with small businesses? So um, some of my work with small business helps them with um, putting structures in place and also managing their finances. I mean, the thing, the thing is, as a small business owner, um, you're fantastic at what you do. You know, I mean, for example, take a baking company as an example. Um, the owner of the business is probably a fantastic baker. But, you know, there's a technical side of the business, but there is actually the other side, which is running a business. I heard someone say this quite recently, actually, the person said, you know, with a business, what people forget is it's 20% skill. The other 80% is actually practically running a business, understanding how you interact with your 
customers, with your suppliers, or even understanding things as simple as your finances, you know, so yeah, there's a lot to it. So I support businesses with helping them put structures in place and also understand their finances and planning. Awesome, 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 awesome. And um, I mean, following on from that, um, what has kind of been your COVID experience in terms of how have businesses uh, been affected during this uh, pandemic uh, period? Um, let me just start off by saying this actually. So I was, um, I was doing some research a while back and I stumbled on a, um, on a survey McKinsey did and it shows that SMEs in the UK, they account for 50% of the total revenue in the UK generated by UK businesses. So to anyone that's, um, that's, um, that runs a small business, I mean, be proud of yourself because you contribute a significant part to the UK economy. Um, my, my experience of how businesses have been affected, particularly small businesses, is, I mean, several of them have had to change their focus from growth to not even just being profitable. The focus now is on survival for several um, businesses. Also, a lot of them, I mean, we've all had um, a tough year, regardless of your size, you know. Some have been forced to close for several months with the lockdowns. I mean, whoever knew lockdown 2.0 was coming, but, you know, it's come upon us and some have been forced to close again. So, uh, yeah, so and many have had to make really tough decisions. They've had to let staff go or even discontinue some of the operations. Um, cash flow issues, I mean, the list is endless. There's so many issues businesses are facing now. Right. So, yeah, so you mentioned about how businesses have been impacted during, during this pandemic, but we also know that the government have issued various policies during this pandemic to try and ease and help uh, businesses. Mm -hmm. How have you felt that the government policies have impacted or have they done what they said they were supposed to do? What's your opinion on what their government has announced to help uh, small business owners? So I find this is a very subjective one because I think your okay. industry will probably determine your industry, um, the length of time you've been trading for, it, it would influence what you think of the government's support. Um, so the government has asked several, I mean, all non-essential shops have closed down. But I mean, how we define non-essential sometimes it, it's 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 a blurry line, isn't it? Um, some shops who don't sell and um, who aren't selling food, but are selling things like toiletries, they've opened up during this time. But it's also an opportunity for them to sell other things as well that aren't essential. And where other ones who are, I mean, their business is purely focused on selling non-essentials, they've been forced to close. Those ones have been adversely affected. But also, the government has actually introduced a lot of things, unprecedented packages we've never seen i mean the furlough package has been really good it's been really good for businesses to hold on to their staff because it's, it's really hard to to let people go 44 percent of employment in the uk is created by smes so smes play a very crucial role in that um, the furlough has been really fantastic also there's been um opportunities for businesses to defer their taxes so if you have any taxes that are due to be paid to hmrc um, and you're struggling with cash flow, it's not such a bad idea to get on the phone and speak to them. They can come to an arrangement with you. Business rate relief, lots of businesses have had that small businesses, if you qualify for it, if you have an office space, 
Um, so yeah, there's just so many packages. There are lots of them. Also the bounce back loans, several loans and grants as well have been offered to businesses. So there's been a lot of things, a lot of good things as well that the government has been Perfect. And on that note, I said we talked about some of those uh, policies in previous podcast episodes. But in terms of so, as a whole, you'll see you've seen the government policies have been quite positive. But as you said, it is quite sector specific in terms of how the policies have impacted you. Because yeah, you made a good point. Because I was reading the other day, I think it was Clinton cards. So for example, Clinton cards had to close, but they were complaining that like someone like Sainsbury's could stay open but they also sell cards so it's yeah. so like yeah so there's like they complain that we have to close but seems we can stay mm. stay open but also sell cards and other products that are non-essential so they get an unfair advantage due to government rules yes um absolutely i i, th I think that 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 is the current situation right now it almost feels like some stores some companies have an unfair advantage over others and yeah and, and it's kind of hard for the government to find that balance, isn't it? Um, is it possible for you to tell Sainsbury's to stay open or not sell Christmas cards? Uh, it, it's, it, it's really hard to find that balance. I mean, we are where we are. And, you know, whilst the government has pumped a lot of money into the, to try and stimulate the economy, the reality is, you know, the, the adverse effect of, of employees sitting at home for several months in the year You've got to remember, it, it has this mental, um, there's the other side, the mental impact as well. And even for a business as well, you haven't really been in touch, especially if your business is purely face-to-face. -face. How do you stay connected to your customers? How do you stay in touch with them? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been really tough. <laughs> have, you, have you noticed, um, I mean, following on from that, have you noticed any change in... Um, approach to conducting business um have you noticed have, have there been any mistakes that people have made in trying to navigate such a an unprecedented period that we're in um and what are, are they even doing well to try and obviously mitigate some of the um impact of the pandemic that's a really good question actually so i mean if we were if, take us back to 2019 if anyone ever told us there'll be a pandemic in 2020, maybe a lot of us would have been a lot better prepared for it and we would have planned ahead and you know we would have done our best. But 2020 has been a rude awakening for several of us. Um, it's a reminder that as a business, planning is the lifeblood of your business. Planning in the sense that you've got to be on top of everything. Some of the mistakes I've seen some businesses make is the lack of planning they're literally living from revenue to revenue by that i mean um, they're literally living on every single month they depend on their monthly cash flow which isn't such a bad thing but you know in a pandemic how do you survive do you see what i mean but also i've seen the other side as well with some businesses being able to adapt for example i go to my corner shop and i see they're selling face masks and gloves because there is a demand for it so i've seen a lot of businesses have also been able to swiftly adapt as well and meet the current needs um, of the current demands in the society because it's suddenly changed and shifted. So. Absolutely, definitely. And um, I think for me, that actually just shows our, it, it, it illustrates our ability as humans to kind of 
um, adapt to our changing external environment mm -hmm. and to just try and make the most of whatever situation we kind of find ourselves in. But mm -hmm. I mean, that kind of brings me on to my next question. I was actually going to ask, have you also noticed any differences between various like industries, various sectors, and also do attitudes differ between, I don't know, say regional locations or different geographical locations? Because I know you also do work with uh, businesses overseas as well. Yes, so um, actually, so in terms of industries, let's start with industries. So depending on the industry you're in, um, you'll determine how, how, how you've been affected by, by COVID-19. So some industries have actually thrived from this season. For example, um, if you if you are in the in the healthcare industry, chances are you've seen um, you've seen um, you've seen a, you've seen a sudden growth in your business at some point in 2020. Or if you sell food, everyday essentials, you probably saw the sudden um, rise in revenue and growth around that March period when we were all hoarding food and things like that. Um, but at the same time as well, say moving on to construction, for example. So construction industry was also heavily hit at the start, but now we're seeing that you know they've they've also changed, relaxed some of the rules around construction. So with the lockdown 2.0, we found construction workers can go back to work. So maybe they're not quite as impacted as the retail store that's selling clothes. You know the ones that probably don't have a website to sell their clothes. So you find it, it kind of varies from industry to industry. Um, hospitality is still struggling. Traveling still hasn't gone back to what it was before the start of the lockdown or before the start of the pandemic. Um, and now when we move to geographical location, some countries have been able to, um, they've been able to let, move back onto business as usual, in quotes. Um, but but what whilst they're back to trading and trying to um, to navigate um, their new normal, even though they're going out and about, the reality is it's still a global pandemic. We live in a world where you know we're selling to um, to different markets. We're trading with different parts of the world. So whilst um, countries like the UK are still being heavily impacted by coronavirus. They are also feeling it, for example, some of them have experienced currency volatility in the midst of everything. Also not being able to travel as well, that is impacting a lot of them as well. So whilst they may be able to go out, um, they might have the luxury of being able to move around within the four walls of their own country, they are still feeling the impact of coronavirus. So. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. <clears throat> I just want to add on to that actually. So talking about uh, industries and geographical locations what about in terms of actual business setups between say your sole traders and your uh, limited company owners a lot of our discussion so far has been on the smes which generally tend to be limited company owners but there's some people might just be set up as a sole trader what are any differences have you seen in any of the business setups so, so with, with being a sole trader, I mean, all the government um, packages are also open to them, uh, just to remind them of that. So if you're a sole trader, you also have access to those um, benefits. Um, the only thing is you've got to remember, you know, the, the potential um, 
the unlimited um, personal liability that, um, that links back to you being a sole trader. So it might deter some people from taking on um, kind of loans that they probably need during this time. Um, um, I've spoken to a few people who are very hesitant of actually um, taking on some of these schemes because of that, you know, where limited companies probably feel a bit safer doing that. Um, but I mean, the, the reality is the impact on business is still the impact of business is still very poor. I mean, whether you're a limited company or a sole trader, no one wants to see their business go under. So for what is worth, it might be worth sitting down with your accountant and planning and, you know, asking for their recommendations as to what sort of relief packages might suit your business at this point in time. I think you raise a good point in terms of sole traders about the limited liability. I think, yeah, you're correct. A lot of people are hesitant to go and get a loan with the fact that with sole traders, it all, it all goes back to you. So mm -hmm. essentially, it could be liable against any of your assets because you're a sole trader. So I think that is a definitely approaches. Maybe, have you even thought, um, I'm saying this is probably jumping the gun to some of our questions later, but any recommendations from sole traders to convert into a limited uh, liability company? <laughs> my i mean it's i mean to each their own but i yeah. i always recommend the limited company approach um i think there is a clear separation there and it just helps you as an individual it helps to separate because what you find with a lot of sole traders is there isn't a clear distinction between the personal and the business everything mm -hmm. literally gets tangled up into each other and this is where a lot of them are struggling as well because you know obviously for you to be eligible for some of the packages you need to be able to show um, past records a lot of them don't have the kind of record that but they can't meet the criteria they need to be able to qualify for some of these packages so i i in my opinion i tend to recommend um the limited company approach just because it helps you um it helps you to um it helps you draw the line and the mm. distinction between the person and the business. No, I think I'd echo that. I think, but I think a little bit, uh, some people get scared, especially if they don't have an accountant going the limited company route. So I guess that's why a lot of people that don't have accountants tend to go the sole trader route. But I do agree with you, going the limited company route does give you that separation of this is mine, this is the company's, and it keeps things a little bit more clean. Mm. Okay. I was going to ask actually, just based on that, irrespective of what legal structure people are using to manage their businesses, um, what can you recommend for them to do to manage their cash flows a bit better? Because you have mentioned that cash flow is a big sticking point in, in this period. So, are there any suggestions as to how to improve or just manage cash flow in these uncertain times? So the, the reason why I mentioned cash flow is because a lot of businesses that closed down didn't close down because, or they didn't go into administration because they weren't profitable. Actually, it's because of cash flow. Cash flow is something that I think, regardless of whether or not you like numbers, you need to be all over as a business. So my, my, my recommendation, especially during a pandemic, this is now where, I mean, it's not too much to ask for you to check your bank statements every single day. It sounds a bit over the top, but you need to be all over your numbers. 
Now, um, um, my, my recommendations, I, I would say, prioritize what is in demand if you have that flexibility to, um, to change your approach. I use the example of the corner shop that sells face masks. Um, or if you have that flexibility, by all means, please prioritize what is in demand at this point in time. It would help you generate more revenues and you need that inflow at this point in time. Make use of government schemes. They're there to help you. Obviously, um, I don't encourage, don't take it if you don't need it because in reality, if you take bounce back load, you still have to pay the money back. So you've got to think long term. So if you really need it, please take advantage of it. Also, look around for, for, for offers. Avoid stockpiling. What a lot of suppliers tend to do is, if you buy 100, the, um, the unit price goes down compared to if you buy 50. The reality is you don't want to be stockpiling at this point in time. Uh, because the reality is the moment you start to stockpile, that is money you're tying down there. You've probably paid your suppliers already. Negotiate payment terms with suppliers. Um, see if they can flex it, even if it's an additional seven days that you can get from them. By all means, it makes a massive difference. And you know what? If not, consider your options. Be on the lookout for offers, offers, offers. A lot of suppliers are willing to be flexible because... I mean, just when you're thinking you've been hit with a pandemic, they've also been hit with a pandemic and they're not trying to lose their customers at this point in time. So a lot of them are willing to have a conversation. Nice. No, I think, agreed. I think you kind of touched on points already, which was what I was going to lean into actually in terms of conducting business during this time, in terms of your suppliers and customers. How... How do you choose who you conduct business with during this time? That's quite difficult because you don't know who will be in business tomorrow or who would be. It's, it's quite a, a, a tricky period to navigate at the moment. And so you really touched on a few points, but is there any, anything else you could add to that? I always say this, if you are going to choose a supplier, for example, or do business with someone, Google is always a good place to start. Have a read, <laughs> read a review on them. I mean, people are very generous with reviews these days. Um, I mean, I feel sometimes people can be a bit, a bit mean and harsh, you know, one bad experience and they go online and write a really bad review. But in reality, you can sift through the list and actually get, get a feel of what the company is really about. Have a look at their website. These are the kind of things that you need to be checking. Also, the other key thing I will flag is, the cheapest option isn't always the best. Just because someone's offered you a really cheap option, please do your research. You need to do your research all the time. As um, In terms of your customers, if you are in a position where you can provide some sort of credit terms um, to your customers, by all means, consider doing that. Obviously, you've got to do it within reason. Um, if you can, by all means, do that. You're better off waiting seven days to get that money in rather than not getting it in at all. I think that's very helpful actually because on one hand you, you need money but on the other hand you also have to think long term post pandemic and preserving that relationship and it can be a very difficult <laughs> uh, <laughs> can be a fine margin uh, to try and navigate but I think yeah uh, just being able to apply some, some bit of um, compassion um, yeah. and just understanding of the times yes within yeah. yeah exactly will mm -hmm. help now kind of um 
I mean, you've said, you, you've mentioned the fact that you're an accountant and yes. obviously you help businesses um, mm -hmm. in terms of providing business advisory. Mm -hmm. um, but what about for the um, one-man band business who cannot necessarily afford to employ an accountant or isn't big enough? Um, mm -hmm. Are there any tips um, for their managing the accounting and I don't know the financial side of their business, like you've mentioned, you know, checking the, the, the bank account daily. Um, are there any other sort of tips and strategies around around that? Um, what I would say is I've, I've mentioned. Um, so obviously, you just mentioned reviewing your bank balance on a regular basis. Know what's coming in and know what's going out. This is what lets a lot of people down. Some people are paying for subscriptions that they probably shouldn't be paying for. Um, so you've got to stay on top of these things. Number two, clear separation of your personal finance and your business finance. Please keep it separated. Don't dip into your business money as though it's where your personal money Put some sort of structure in place. My number three tip to you will be learn to keep really good records. Um, record keeping makes, it really helps you. Um, plan, learn to write things down. Now, I recommend Excel as a really good starting point. If, you, if you're in a place where you don't need an accountant just yet, um, and there is, uh, you know, I speak to some people and they say to me, I don't like spreadsheets. If you run a business, spreadsheets has to be your friend. You have to learn to like it. Um, it's really good for seeing what's coming in and what's going out. What did last month look like for me as a business? Did I make any money at all? It's literally you going through what came into my bank or went out of my bank. If you take cash payment, keep a record of the cash. So record keeping and also um, your, your record keeping is your starting point for planning because you get an idea of where you start from. It's hard to plan if you don't even know where to start from. So if you have an idea of what you take in or what your money is, what your profit is over three months, then you can say, okay, maybe in the next three months we can expect to make X amount of money. It's a good starting point for planning. Nice, nice, nice. Thank you. And uh, kind of just looking ahead then, um, what do you see on the horizon? I mean, we're almost at the end of 2020. It's not that the, the pandemic is over, but we're starting to see a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so, I mean, what, what are the challenges and what are the opportunities for business owners looking forward into next year? Um, so I think um, with the announcement on the vaccine, it's really good news. Uh, it's really good news for all of us um, and it brings a lot of hope. Um, but the reality is, um, where I feel 2021 is the year where we start to pick up the ruins. Um, a lot of businesses are in um, the negative and, you know, it's trying to get back to even just um, getting back to that place where you're, um, you're back in your plus, where you're starting to make money again. So, um, and also, especially for those who have had to close for such a long time, trying to get their customers back, it will be a challenge. In saying that, though, the announcement on the vaccine also gives us a lot of hope that, you know, the sooner we start doing this, the better. So I'm very hopeful for 2021. Nice. Yeah, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Some positive news. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You've kind of given a few tips already, but what are your, your top tips for running a business? What's your top five do's and what's your top five don'ts in terms of running a business? 
Oh, so I'm going to mix them up actually. So my my do's and don'ts. So I think one of the most important thing for me in business is integrity. Um, Integrity as a business owner, don't compromise your integrity. Um, Don't compromise your values. Know what you stand for and always stand for it. Even if no one is watching and no one is able to see, integrity goes a really long way. Um, My second advice will be don't be impulsive. Um, a lot of times, you know, opportunities come our way and, you know, several times people say, this is a fantastic opportunity, or we just need you to make that decision now. Actually, it's always good to take your time out and think about things before you decide on it. Sleep over decisions. Don't be impulsive. Number three, learn to plan. Planning saves you so much hassle. And I'm not saying, of course, 2020s really showed us that, you know, our plans can literally go in the bin any at any point in time but at the same time as well we have seen plans work in the past you know planning's got a lot of businesses to where they are today so planning still works um the only thing is obviously with your plans learn to be flexible with it be adaptable my number four tip will be ask for help if you need it no one knows it all you um a lot of businesses start off with the person the person who's gifted at what they do i use the example of the baker the person who's gifted a baking probably opens a bakery, you know, but they probably don't know. Um, they probably miss out on a lot of things business-wise. Feel free to ask for um, for help when you need it. Don't be afraid of it. There is no shame in asking for help. You save yourself a lot of stress and hassle. Number five, the my fifth recommendation will be resilience. Resilience is something we all need to survive in business. I mean, running a business is really not for the faint-hearted, but Resilience is something that really gets you through even the toughest of times. That's that's a that's a very good one. Um, Because the temptation is always there to kind of throw in the towel uh, Mm. and pack it in, Uh, because sometimes you don't see that hope. Um, But what you said in terms of just being consistent enough with yourself and just giving yourself that. patience to weather the different seasons of business and navigating the business um, mm. landscape um, will ultimately stand you in good stead long term um, because you don't know it in an instant things can just turn around nobody expected this vaccine to be announced when it was announced and so yeah that that kind of just I think for me nails on that point you just made uh, which is a fantastic point um before we let you go because i know you're a busy woman um how do our viewers get in touch with you if they want to pick your brain more or inquire about your services um the best way to get in touch with me is send me a message on instagram um, say that again you can send me a message on instagram okay. so my name on instagram is Ope alimi john Ope alimi i spell it o-p-e a-L-I-M-I. Yes, so you can find me on Instagram or you can drop me an email, opairalimi at gmail.com. O-P-E-A-L-I-M-I at gmail.com. Or even on LinkedIn as well. So you find me on LinkedIn as well. Opairalimi. So social media is definitely the best way to get in touch with me. Awesome, guys. And we're going to be dropping her links at the bottom in the description. So be sure to check that out. Phenomenal work that she's doing. And um, we'll love to. I'm um, ho- hopefully we'll, we'll have you back on again in the future. 
Um, yes, yeah, no, thank you very much. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you, guys. No problem. Thanks. Thank you. So yeah, guys, hope that's been very helpful uh, to you. We just wanted to drop a few gems, get a different perspective on board, tell you and, and show you kind of what's going to be happening and what's on the horizon in terms of just navigating uh, the business landscape. If you're a small business owner, whether that be, as OP mentioned, from running a bakery business to uh, providing tuition services, babysitting services, uh, cleaning services, you know, there's something in there for you. And now it's about taking those proactive steps to start putting some of these things in place that you, maybe you've not previously considered. Um, but yeah, we hope that you found that very um, helpful. We hope that it's been insightful. And be sure to continue to keep it locked on the Economic Street channel. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Spotify. We're on iTunes. And obviously we're on all the social media platforms from Instagram to Facebook to Twitter to LinkedIn, Economic Street. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, like, share what you see. And most importantly, if you do like what you see and you want more, tell us, because we're always happy yeah. to put out yeah. stuff that, you know, you want to hear about. We are more than happy to do that. And we've got a brilliant lineup of, of guest features coming up uh, for the rest of the year and into 2021. So on that note, um, Look after yourselves, stay safe, and uh, we'll see you soon. Goodbye, all. <laughs>